Welcome to Patterns of Possibility. This is a skill building podcast dedicated to helping you recognize, disrupt, and replace harmful behavior patterns so that you can unlock endless possibilities. I'm your host, Lee Hopkins. I'm an analyst and personal coach. That might seem like a strange combination, but it actually works out quite well. As an analyst, I look for patterns. As a coach, I help people. I have a passion for both. So it only makes sense that I combine the two and out of that became the patterns of possibility. In this episode, I'm going to share my story and how recognizing patterns had changed my life. And I'll also explain the patterns of possibility and how they can help enrich your life. So let's jump in. I grew up in a small town in Ohio, and I was miserable there because it was just never a safe place to be myself. But all the people around me, they seemed to be getting along just fine, and I admired them because I thought everybody else had their life figured out, just not me. Everyone's going around living their best life, and I'm just so flipping miserable. Maybe they knew something that I didn't. That's what I thought anyway. And I wanted that security and confidence I thought that they had. So... The best thing I could think of, the way I would get my life was to get theirs. I mean, I'd fake it until I make it. I'd be just like them. So I tried everything I could think of. I changed how I walked. I changed how I talked. I changed what I wore. I pretended to like things I didn't like. And I'm telling you, I did this around everybody. I did it around my immediate family, outsiders, partners, coworkers, everyone. Heck, I didn't even know who I was. So when I became a young adult... I left home so that I can figure that out. So the way it would work for me is that I would hang out with the people for a few years. I'd realize that this isn't what I'm looking for. So I'd just leave. I figured that they had their life and whatever it is that they're doing just wasn't right for me. I needed to go find the right people. No problem. So for 20 years, I moved on average once every 15 months. In those 20 years, I had two major moves. The first move was from Ohio to California, and that happened when I was about 26. I remember that I had a big fight with my family, and I was like, I'm out. I don't know where I belong, but it's not here. So I left for California, and that was a culture shock. I'm telling you, it was a culture shock. I grew up believing that Taco Bell was real Mexican food, and I was confused the very first time I ordered a taco. It had cilantro and onions and no cheddar cheese. I was like, excuse me, what is this? But I bit into it and it's delicious. So I fell in love with the food, but I was even more depressed because I didn't find my people. Instead, I found myself surrounded by strangers and in relationships with people that I couldn't connect with. My life was just chaotic. So I took a step to go see a therapist. And this guy, he was a stereotypical version of a therapist, middle-aged white male. I had a lot of difficulty connecting with him. We had different experiences and some of his advice or some of his insight just wasn't applicable to me. It didn't take too much away from his therapy. What I did get, though, 
is a little bit of awareness about uh, my hobbies. I learned that I like analytics and I'm really good at it. So, so when I was feeling lonely, I used analytics to challenge me, to keep me interested and stimulated. I would find problems online and I would work them. I would read up on algorithms. Although I really did find joy in working in analytics, I was still so lonely and so empty. So about four years in, I decided again that the entire state of California wasn't doing it for me, tacos and all. I had to go. I used that analytics to get a promotion. I sold everything. I left to Chicago. And that's where I live today. I lived happily ever after. That's the end of the story. Moving the third time, third state is a charm. Not the third time. You just got to keep going. Do the same thing over and over and over until it works. So when I landed in Chicago, it was completely different. No, you know, no. The same thing happened in Chicago that happened in California. The first two years was an exact repeat in the sense that the food is amazing, but I still didn't find my tribe. So not only did I feel lonely and depressed, I was also frustrated. To work through my frustration with this, I treated it as a logic problem. I thought, well, there's one of me and there's 2.7 million people in Chicago. I should be able to make at least one genuine connection with them, just one person. And if I look at the three states that I've been in total, I've been around a lot of different people. Why wasn't I connecting with others? It's obvious that the common denominator is me. There's something that I'm doing to cause this chaos. There's something that I'm doing that's not connecting with people, but I don't know what it is. I didn't know what was going on with me but I didn't want to see a therapist. I had seen one already and the experience was lackluster. I thought I could figure this out on my own, but I had found myself in a relationship at the time. They wanted me to see someone, so I went to check out a new kind of therapy. The kind of therapy that I received is called Cognitive Behavioral Therapy or CBT for short. If you're not familiar with it, CBT is C for cognitive, which means just mind or thought. B for behavior means actions. T for therapy means treatment. In short, CBT is being mindful of your behaviors. This therapy was also mixed with positive psychology. Positive psychology is known to bring out the best in people because it focuses on the positive attributes, focusing on praising those so that they will become more habitual. I really enjoyed this training. It was perfect for me. As an analyst, I enjoy collecting data and who doesn't want to be praised? So I spent about four years in counseling and I was studying and applying and it slowly changed my world. I was more confident, I had more awareness, and I had a new attitude. Best of all, I learned exactly what I was doing to cause that chaos, and I learned exactly what I was doing to keep people from getting close to me. I could see a clear pattern of what I did and how everyone else responded to it. And I could see a clear pattern of how others responded in their own environment. So after enough observation of the people around me, I would know their pattern, and I was able to prepare for how they might respond. And you're probably already doing this anyway. You probably know some of the triggers for your partner or some for your friends or things that make you happy or things that'll make other people sad. 
Just paying attention and being more acutely aware of those things is how you can use these patterns to make a new possibility. When using the CBT to look for patterns in the real world, I noticed that I would consult three separate ideals. I would look at them every single time to help me make a decision about what I wanted to do with this pattern or if it was important to me or if I needed to interact with it. I would frequently examine those three ideas. I like to call them the three guiding principles. Consulting those three guiding principles helped me understand the purpose of the knowledge that I was gaining. Specifically, what do I want to use it for? I would see patterns and I would have to make sense of them. How did they relate to me? What was I doing to have an impact? What was I not doing? Should I interact? Should I just observe? Should I go away? The three guiding principles gave me direction. That's the important thing. Everything you do has purpose, has meaning, has value. And if you're not paying attention to what you're doing, you're missing out on all of that value. You're missing out on all of that possibility. Let's look at a hypothetical situation. Let's say you had a sudden craving for bananas. You've been craving them for weeks upon weeks. And you thought maybe it was the sugar that you wanted from them because they are kind of sweet. So you decided to get something else that was just as sweet, but it didn't fit. It wasn't quite right. Your body still craved bananas. So you went to go get them. You ate them. And you still don't know why you really wanted to do that because you don't like bananas. And this goes on for several weeks. All of a sudden, you're eating bananas three times a week for breakfast. The taste never became extremely appealing. You still don't like them, yet you still eat them. Why are you doing that? Had you consulted three guiding principles, you would have had an opportunity to look within your subconsciousness or your unconsciousness to examine this exact behavior. It's likely that there's a very good reason for you to do this. However, you're unaware of it. You won't know what it is until it really makes itself known. Let's go back to the example of you eating disgusting bananas. After a couple of weeks of eating these bananas, you decide you're not going to do it anymore. Forget the cravings. You're just going to stop. Then one day, you feel really, really sick. So you go to the doctor to find out what's going on. The doctor gives you a blood test, and they discover that you have very low potassium. Now, you already know subconsciously, or this is something that you learned some time ago, that bananas are high in potassium. And it didn't register with you that your body was looking for that, but your body knew. Your body said, I need potassium. And your brain said, yeah, I know where we can find that. We can find it in bananas. Let's go get some. Had you been forward thinking about the reason why you're buying bananas, you may have put it together that bananas are high in potassium and your body needs that potassium. Having that knowledge will, would have allowed you to go to a website to look up some information about the symptoms that you're feeling. It would allow you to call your doctor or ask them about the symptoms. It would allow you to be more informed, to be proactive about taking care of the situation rather than waiting until you're feeling absolutely miserable before you go to the doctor and find out that you've been sick. The three guiding principles will give you that clarity. You'll gain more insight so you're not just doing frivolous things. You'll be more thoughtful about your actions and you'll know exactly why you're driven to do the thing that you're doing right now.
here are the three guiding principles. First, be accountable. Be accountable for everything, your actions, your feelings, your thoughts. Two, you can change your circumstances. Just know that you're able to change anything in your life because it is your life. Also, be open to the idea that things can change. There's never just one way to do something. There are many ways. There's an option. You may just not know what it is. Three, know yourself. You have to get to know yourself. And I'm not just talking about whether you like bananas or not, or whether you like rap music or playing violins, all that random stuff, all your hobbies. And what I mean is that you need to be aware of your beliefs, emotions, actions, and thoughts at any given time, because that is the core of who you are. So how are you going to get to know yourself better? Glad you asked. That's through simple patterns of behavior. Let's define pattern. A pattern is a reliable sample of traits, acts, tendencies, or otherwise observable characteristics of a person, group, or institution. So patterns are like little forecasts. Knowing a pattern will provide you with a sense of security. For example, like having a steady income is a sense of security. If you're working and you know that you're getting a paycheck coming every two weeks, you feel secure in spending your last $10 today knowing that you'll have more tomorrow. But it'd be different if you didn't know if you'd be paid the next day or the next day and all you had was 10 bucks. Predictability will provide safety, which means less stress, which means that in highly emotionally charged situations, you can operate from a calm mindset. And then you're better able to account for your actions because your brain is not hijacked by that emotion. So knowing what is coming next will provide you with a bit of safety and comfort. Your goal is to recognize that there are patterns everywhere. And you want to start to recognize when they are going to start, what happens within them, and what happens after it's over. So far, I've mentioned two ways learning patterns of behavior is beneficial for you. First, it gives you self-knowledge. In the case of the banana, you wanted to understand why you were going to the store. You learn more about yourself when you understand why you do what you do. Second, learning patterns will provide you a sense of safety because knowing what happens next will allow you to plan. According to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if you're not familiar with Maslow, he was a psychologist who studied motivational theory and he created a chart or a pyramid that shows that there are several needs that must be met before we will consider other needs. Like for example, at the very bottom, there are five needs and at the very bottom, there's physiological needs. That means food, water, warmth, rest. We want those things above all. Then next, we have our safety needs. We want to just feel secure. Third, next up there is belongingness, love, intimate relationship, friends. That's also us. That's also knowing us. It's feeling what, our, what we need. Um, next above that is esteem needs. We need uh, prestige and feelings of accomplishment. And then finally, at the very, very top is self-actualization, which means reaching your full potential. According to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we are motivated to feel safe 
before we start looking inward for answers to who we are and making love and connection. We want to secure the outside perimeter before we start looking within. Being aware of patterns will keep you safe so that you can spend more energy on learning more about yourself. I like to give you an example of my favorite example of uh, a pattern that happens in history. So history repeats itself. We all know it's a saying, but it's absolutely true. And my favorite example is from Professor Alan Lichtman. He correctly predicted the outcome of the last nine U.S. presidential elections. And that's because he noticed a pattern. He could see this on a societal scale. You can do this on a smaller scale. And there's someone who does it all the time that you can take a look at. I'm talking about poker players. Poker players are always looking for tells in their opponents. They read them so they can figure out what kind of cards they have so they can know whether to hold them, or whether to fold them, whether to raise. I don't know. I don't play poker, but, you know, do the appropriate action. So do the thing that will benefit them most. Don't you think the poker player wants to be aware of anything that they're giving away? Like if they have a tell, they want to cover that up. They want to know what it is. You're going to be looking for tells, but not just in other people, in yourself. You want to know what things upset you and maybe why they upset you. Why do you want those bananas? I don't know. But you should know because everything you do has purpose and it'll tell you something about yourself. Even if you don't understand what your exact motives are, there is a reason that you're doing it. And it would behoove you to figure out exactly why you're doing what you do. Not just in this case of a potassium deficiency, but I mean, like, just think about it as if you're a poker player. If I could read all your tells, if I could read you like a book, I'm taking everything. I'm taking all the money on the table. I'm taking all the money out your pockets. I'm taking your car. I'm taking your watch. I'm taking the shirt off your back. And I also have that deed to your house. I'm taking it all. And you're going to be so confused and so unaware and so scared. You're going to think all of this is magic, but I'm just watching you. I'm just paying attention to the patterns that you have. You want to pay attention to everything that you're doing and how the people around you are reacting so that you're aware of how you show up in the world. So you are aware of what kind of effects you're having on people or what kind of effects people are having on you. The way you'll get to know yourself is by watching simple patterns of behavior. When I was starting to learn these patterns, I was really excited about it. And uh, since I really like analytics, I wanted to find a pattern that would appear often so I can have as much practice as I possibly can. So at this time, I was dating someone that we were just fighting all the time. And one thing I wanted to change was the fact that we fought so much. So we, and we didn't have these crazy fights. Just I don't know where they came from. It was like an 18-wheeler Mack truck just hit me and boom, it's chaos. And those are the worst kind of fights, too, because after it was over, I had no idea why we were fighting in the first place. I couldn't tell you. All I knew is at the end, both of us were feeling some kind of way. So my strategy was to figure out when we're about to start this fight. If my partner was getting into a Mack truck to run me over, I wanted to be able to see when they were going to pick up them keys, start walking to that truck. When they start getting in, I just wanted to be able to get out of the way. So I started watching for little things like annoyance in their face. Is their face getting sour? Are their eyes getting more stern? Is their voice changing? But nope, didn't work. 
boom, I got hit. The next thing I know, the truck came out of nowhere. And we're yelling, we're doing the hoopla and all that. And then I lost time. I woke up to more hurt feelings and more damage to my relationship. And looking back on it, I still cannot tell you why I was so mad. So after a few more attempts of trying attempts of trying to see that uh, annoyance and irritation in their face, it just wasn't working for me. So I wonder why I was so mad. Why are we fighting anyway? I just kept thinking about that. Why are we fighting? So the next time we argued, couldn't see that coming, still got hit, boom, we're in a fight. And I didn't register that initial hit though, but I did start to feel when I was hanging on the front bumper and being bulldozed down the road. I felt that. And it was in a moment when they said something so egregious and so outrageous that I felt my entire body just burst in the flames. I was so hot. My brain, though, it kicked in and it said, hey, hey, this is why you're so mad right here. This is happening right now. You're mad because they're talking to you some kind of way and you don't like it. So right here, I bet this is the part of the pattern where I start to chase something that will make the situation even worse. I was able to see that. So having that awareness of myself helped me see up the pattern. Why did I get so angry? Because they said something absolutely crappy to me. Why did they say something? Because we're fighting about something even more ridiculous and obscure. All right, why are we fighting about that ridiculous, obscure thing? The idea is to look for that pattern and create a new possibility, a new outcome. I was able to work that pattern all the way back to realize that, oh, this is about to be a ridiculous knockdown drag out fight. So what do I need to do right here to calm everything down? The point is learning how you and others behave in certain situations will make things more predictable and it'll give you time to prepare. You will understand the situation a lot better, feel more comfortable, and you'll be able to think more rationally. And you'll make a decision that is based in a different outcome than just getting your needs met at that moment. You can't change the person you're interacting with. You can only change how you respond to them. You will own the change. And I know it's difficult to find where to start. Like in my example, I started with trying to figure out when my partner was going to get angry so then I could react to that or I could stop that whole thing. I had to pay attention to me and who I was and what I was doing in the situation so that I can control myself. So that's why it's so important for you to know yourself. Before I get out of here, I want to just go over those three guiding principles one more time. One, take ownership of your actions, your thoughts, your emotions. Own it. It's all you. Number two, you can change your circumstances. You can change things. Be open to it. Look, be curious. Three, get to know yourself. You need to know who you are before you do anything else. Really get in touch with who you are. That does it for the first episode of Patterns of Possibility. If you like what you heard, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. I'm Lee Hopkins, and you can find me on Instagram at Patterns of Possibility, or you can find me at my website, PatternsofPossibility.com. Next week, I'll be back with some more insights, and I'll share with you how your beliefs, emotions, actions, and thoughts work together to create your essence. You don't want to miss this episode. I'll see you next time.
And remember, where there's a pattern, there's a possibility.